Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hey, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the ACB Radio Roundtable. I am your co-host, Jason Castingway. And along with me, we have quite a nice little panelist. Actually, I keep I keep saying little because it's endearing, but we have a nice group of people with me. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, Larry Gassman. Hey there. Hi there, Jason. Nice to have you with us. Thank and, you. Nice to be had again. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, John is with us as well. Hello there. Hey, and Jeff, what's up? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Right. And uh, Donna is our wonderful facilitator. And um, you can say hello, too. Uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, in this edition, we're going to be talking about old-time radio. And I love it. I have heard a lot of it, but I probably don't know nearly as much as um, John, Larry, and Jeff do. So um, I'm going to be quiet now and let them speak. Well, very cool. So, you know, this is, uh, I, I really was introduced to old time radio and baseball. It seemed they were, they went, they sort of went hand in hand, uh, when I was growing up and my grandfather introduced me, uh, to it. And it's something I've loved for ever and ever and ever. And I know John and Larry, you know, have too, but, uh, so, so, uh, Larry and John, I thought we should start by maybe talking about you know, what this whole old time radio thing is, you know, maybe some people may not even know. What it's, is it? You know, it's probably true because the further you get away from it, meaning in terms of decades and decades and decades, not many people actually lived through it. We lived through maybe the last five or six years. If you, if you consider that it ended in about 1962, there were a few shows on later than that, but we were born in 55. So I have, have a vague memory of hearing suspense and, and Art Linkletter's house party and Johnny Dollar, which were on near the very end of radio. But um, in a few more years, no one will have actually remembered living through radio, whereas our parents and grandparents loved it and lived it and enjoyed it and told us about it. In fact, I we grew up when it was actually in syndication. People were bringing it back because they remembered how good it was. And it actually was no pictures, just a radio. And your playing, imagination. And your imagination playing drama and comedy. Uh, there was no television screens. Televisions were invented back then. They were invented and probably were actually active in the late 40s or so. But radio was the way you got a chance to be entertained with drama and comedy and keeping up with the latest news. And nobody told a story better than radio. Even today, television, in most cases, doesn't tell the story with pictures as well as radio did with your imagination. That's true. That's true. So we we learned about radio sitting in you know relatives' houses, our house, and we'd find it on the air. And we'd say, what is this? And we'd ask our parents, and they would tell us. And it was all the syndicated radio for the most part. And then in, in about 1970, 71, we began to collect it. We'd say, wow, wouldn't these be cool? Why don't we collect this and play it for our friends? Not knowing that a small niche of radio fans were doing the very same thing. And then the collections grew and societies formed. And this is uh, back on open a real tape. So it took a yeah. lot more area to to store open reels than it than it does today when most everything is on external drives for yeah, the most part yeah. for us. So 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 the hobby has enlarged itself uh, from people who remember the shows as well as people finding out about it and uh, areas websites like radio uh, ACB Radio Treasure Trove have evolved from there. In fact, I think wasn't Treasure Trove among the first? Yep channels it was it was one of the first yeah. channels absolutely yeah and it and it by far gets the most listeners it does all, you know com combined even if you combine all of them together excluding the convention probably but i had uh, no idea i, I said that yeah, with a question mark on the end uh, of my name of the of well, my no, but, thing, but I most, know. you no. know most people don't write 
when and so we don't get that much in terms of feedback and, and, and that's the way it always is then we hear about it <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I talk, i'm sorry say that again i talked over you at the end oh i said unless there's a problem and then we hear oh, oh yeah yeah but yeah. that's the way it is with just about any form of radio right of course right yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and yeah yep yep and and it's interesting how cyclical this this is really you know you went through the what 30s 40s 50s and and some of the 60s and then we went what uh 10 years or so i mean there were some stuff in the 70s right there was mm -hmm. some there were oh yeah but then but then npr went crazy in the 80s they doing did a bunch of audio drama yeah Remember? much of it new so much of it new some of it from the bbc that they licensed yeah uh, gentlemen yeah. gentlemen we have a hand raised and i didn't know if you wanted to wait a little bit or to let that person talk or well, i didn't know how you wanted to do it yeah we'll bring him in just a minute okay just just checking yeah and then and then what's really interesting and i don't know how much of you guys follow this but the audio drama scene has come on like a vengeance in podcasting I don't follow it as much as I should because only, I only have so much time, but I'm aware of the incredible amount of, of podcasts out there devoted to radio drama. And these are just people who say, I'd like to do this. And since they're not on the air, it doesn't matter. Anybody can podcast. Anybody can form a group. And they do. And they're actually putting out some pretty good stuff. Oh, yes. Um, there's, there's a, there's a uh, zombie uh podcast series which I'm, I'm normally not into zombies <laughs> i'm not either but uh, so i i, thought, I think well, i've gone out with a few of them but that's another story <laughs> i may have drunk a few i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, again i'm not really into that genre but uh, there's a there's a great what 48 uh, hour audio drama series called we're alive and it ranks right up there with the original star wars you know uh, audio dramas that were on npr the the quality is just unbelievable. Wow, really I do hard. have that. I think I had that. Yeah, I think I gave you the. Yeah, um, you did. Flowers. Yeah, and it's terrific. Yeah, and um, it's it's really really great. It's uh, it's you know uh, amazingly good, and and there's plenty of other content out there too. So um, we're going to be focusing primarily on old time radio, but but really this genre is sort of getting really popular again. Mm -hmm. Um, lots of great um, children's audio drama has come out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Treasure Trove, we we air uh, some programming on Sundays, and we we got permission from Gap Digital to air the entire Left Behind series. Oh, good! That's uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, they, they actually gave us an FTP site and said, "Here, go get it yourself and, and air it." And uh, it, and it's in 320k uh, bit rate. Wow. So it's really, nice. really you know, pristine audio and, 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 and including the um, the really bad language the captain says in right. one episode, which shocked the living heck out of me that they would have done that. I just heard it about four or five years ago because I had not heard it before and some of my Christian friends told me about it. And and I down in fact they gave me copies of it. I don't even know if I have it all. I'm not sure. Oh but wow. it yeah. it was tremendous. I was just fascinated by not only the techniques that they use, but just the gripping drama. And of course, I knew what it was about, but I'd never heard anybody dramatize that yeah, part of the Bible not, before. You know, even, if, even if you don't even look at it from a religious symbolism perspective you know, or, or aspect at all, <coughs> the, the content is unbelievable. It is. So we're, we're hoping to bring more modern drama to Treasure Trove where we can get the rights to it. That's the tricky part, right? Is, yep. is getting yep. getting the ability to you know air this stuff. Um, uh, you know, for example, I would love, love, love to um, air some of the stuff that was you know done in the seventies. But uh, you know, unfortunately, that definitely has copyrights on it. And it does. Although the BBC is pretty lax, not lax, but genuinely allowing some people to use what's not being actually broadcast at the time that they have mentioned in, to friends of mine um, check with us first if there's not a movie being done about it if it's not being utilized in terms of a property we very well may give you the right to broadcast it especially if it's if it's being done on uh, for public consumption and you're not making any money out of it so yeah yeah we, we, we would of course not make any, any money. right so that is a possibility you know it doesn't hurt to approach them again yeah yeah well 
I mean, you know, uh, there's, there's, you and I talked about the series that I really want to air, but, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and that one I think is going to be a hard one to do, but yes. Well, yep. Hey, why don't we bring in the person that we had wanted to, to uh, come in and chat with us, shall we? And and then when we get done with that, we'll talk a little bit about a, an idea that Debbie had and uh, and asked us about. And I said, as soon as I retire, I want to focus on it. And that also has to do with radio and old time radio. But we'll get there. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Um, area code. Um, excuse me, seven seven zero. You should be able to unmute and talk. Is that Phil? I believe oh, it is. I bet it is. Yeah. Yes. Good evening, everybody. It's Phil Jones. Hey, Phil. Hey, Phil. You know, you're talking about something like that is very dear to my ears, my heart, and my mind. Uh, I, too, um, remember uh, the last five to seven years of uh, the original radio era. Um, as a small child, I started to listen to the kind of radio that was still there. Uh, we didn't have a television in my house until I was like eight years old. So we had the radio and I was just hooked right from the start. And uh, I, I'm just thrilled today that that kind of radio is still very popular uh, or coming back again. with a lot of the new dramas and comedies and varieties. In fact, there is an organization called the Society to Preserve and Encourage radio drama variety and comedy that is around i i would like to say something too about um the attempt in the middle 1970s to bring that kind of radio back to the networks mainly the cbs radio mystery theater which was actually was on the air for nine years and hyman brown and other uh old-time radio people were hoping that it would cause a big network turnaround there for radio. And although it did produce a few things like uh, General Mills Theater for children, the uh, Sears and Mutual Radio Theater, and a few other things, the big turnaround didn't come. So a lot of radio people were thinking, you know, we should have learned our lesson from England and not let this kind of radio die in the first place. So it, it's really amazing how it, it's just recycling and People are interested in radio, drama, and comedy variety today, and uh, I just love it to death. And once I got a computer and got on the internet, I was in radio heaven, I think. So yeah, I, I love Treasure Trove, and I'm just looking to find out what uh, what is in the future for it. And well, so, let me let me take you. Thank back you very much for doing this. Let me take you back to Spurdvac for a second because you you mentioned Spurdvac and. It formed in 1974, and I joined it along with John in 75. I was president for I, twice, six years, and came back again, and I just finished this year, and I chaired 30 radio conventions. So I've been deeply involved with that organization, which is headquartered here in the Southern California area. And they are by far the biggest and almost the only one left. There are a couple of others, but a lot of the organizations have stopped and have uh, uh uh, disbanded, but they still have about 500 members and are doing pretty well. So glad you mentioned them. They're still working on recreations, conventions. The pandemic has stopped them for the moment, but they've got some ideas to work around that. And so we'll see if it all progresses. And one of the things that they do, which which fortunately we have in our own collections, uh, is they have interviewed the people who did the shows, and we were a part of a lot of the, a lot of those interviews. That's so one of the things. Kinds of that's one of the things that Debbie was talking about with us. Is and Jeff mentioned this to us, I think, as well as we have a ton of shows. We have a lot of shows in in very good sound quality because that's the way we want to keep them, and that's the way we we, uh, we we've been around for such a long time. We have access to a lot of stuff, but we also have a a lot of uh, interviews of radio shows that we've done. We've probably done close to 500 um, plus interviews that others have done because that's sometimes a, a lost or a missed art in terms of radio. People collect the shows, but they don't always collect the interviews. And those are the memories of the people who actually worked on the shows and talked about the sound effects and talked about the music and stories that went on. And I have a few modest examples here that we'll play if we have time uh, as well. So Debbie asked at some point, if we could begin formulating an idea to put together another show, which would air on Treasure Trove, that has to do with the stories of those people, interviews of those people that either we did or others did, 
So we said, yes, we will do that. And um, it's going to have to wait a little bit after I retire, when I have actually my time that is my own, then we'll begin to formulate that and start working with people and, and we'll try and put together a show with regard to interviews. So that's, that's part of the future of Treasure Trove. Not all, not all of it, but mm-hmm. some of it. Before I um, before we segue into something, I just wanted to let Donna know uh, a fellow broadcaster and production team member, Darrow, is in the attendee. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to bring him up? Yes, please. I, I can do that. Great. Sure. All right. By the way, uh, uh, CBS Radio Workshop Phil mentioned. I mean, sorry, no, CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Uh, in, in L.A., it was consistently the number one show in its time slot. Except when the Dodgers, except when the Dodgers were playing, but otherwise it led by far anything else in its time spot, and I, I'm pretty sure that was the case in other cities as well. So it had a huge audience. Now, since Hyman Brown passed away in 19, no, when did uh, in 2000? I forgot when he died. He was 99. Uh, when he passed away, his his heirs took over a lot of what he was doing, and they are very particular about the CBS Radio Mystery Theater. And if you get it licensed, you can air it, but they're they're watching that property very carefully. So I don't know that you'll hear it anytime soon anywhere unless people actually get it licensed and do it legally. I wonder what that costs. What's that, Jeff? I wonder what it costs to license that. I don't know. I I could find out probably because I'm, I'm aware of his granddaughter and other people who run that. Yeah, uh, we would love to hear that. I mean, it 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 would. Oh my goodness! It's uh, and and they have all the masters. What we have on the internet is sometimes pretty right. bad sound, etc. Pretty bad quality. It's, yeah. it's but they have all the masters. So. Yeah. Let me let me see if we can find out. I don't know the answer, but we can find out. Um, I I love the fact that you brought up the fact that they revived it in the seventies. But one of the things that I enjoyed was on. When I when I had XM satellite radio mm-hmm. uh, before it was merged with Sirius, they had not only the old time radio program, but they had this um, modern um, theater production kind of thing uh, station as well. And they seemed to be very similar to old time radio, except you could tell they were modernized. And I wonder if a lot of that uh, was from that revival in the seventies. Um, there was like the the Harry Nile series, the detective. Right. Um, really enjoyed that, and I wondered if that was familiar to you as well as uh, Radio sure. Respiratory Company of America. Stuff. In in the in the seventies yeah. and eighties, there were groups of people across the country working to revive radio. Peggy Weber did it with the California Artist Radio Theater. Uh, Los Angeles Theater Works is still doing it on the air today. And what you referred to was uh, an effort done in Seattle by Jim French, who just passed away <gasps> last yes. year. Imagination Theater was the thing that he produced. <sighs> Harry Nile, Crisis, yeah, Dameron. Was What's that? Yeah, Which one? Oh. All of that stuff that he did was just great. Yeah, he, he wrote. Yeah. yeah, he wrote and then produced a lot of great, wonderful stuff. Sherlock Holmes, he did New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes with Larry oh, Albert. Yeah. Uh, and all of that stuff... I don't know what's happening now that Jim has gone. I haven't talked to, I've not talked to Larry in a couple, few months, but I know that they were working on trying to get licenses to redo or maybe do new ones as well. But you're, it was a wonderful effort, and it was very well done and very well received. That's so, great. Yeah. And um, Darrow, I believe you're here with us, and you should be able to unmute at any time you wish to contribute, say hello, all that good stuff. Okay. I think I'm here now. You guys hear me? I yeah, think we do, do hear me. Oh, we do, yes. It's good to be back into this little mixer. All right. Uh, real quick, I'll say that, and I'll go into it later, but my parents met while my mother was on old-time radio. She was on a variety show and sung Monday through Friday. Wow. Oh, great. That is cool. Do you, remember, do you know what the show was called? The Bud Finch Show. It was a local show in New Haven, Connecticut. And one other oh. quick tidbit, one of my first jobs in radio, commercial radio, was running, and I'm sure Larry and John will remember, and possibly Jeff too, the CBS Radio Mystery Theater in the yes. 70s. And it was a great mm-hmm. show. Yep. Yep, it was. Great. There's a website that's devoted to that show. And I, they, I don't know if they've got every single broadcast, but they've got a lot of them. And if you search for it on the uh, Internet, you can probably find it. Oh, Just I'll go- do that. Google I love those the CBS shows. Radio Mystery Theater, yeah. yeah. You'll find it. Uh, I wonder how they got away with that. Um, I don't think they were actually 
I don't. I think I know you could download them, but I don't think they were actually broadcasting them. Right. It's just it's for download, and they're not selling them. But, but I don't know. Sometimes that doesn't matter. The copyright, though. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's really interesting. Should I play something? Yeah, sure. Play something. I had a couple of ideas. I, I, we were talking about painting pictures. And George Balzer, who was one of the Jack Benny writers, told us the story. He was driving in to the studios for the Jack Benny show. To, and he had this idea in his head. And he said, during the course of the show, what if Jack Benny were to go down uh, to the studio and then find out that he was being called out to answer a phone call? Answer a phone call. Yeah. And Jack Benny, of course, was a very cheap character on radio. And from that, this grew. And it's... It's all about his character that the people already knew about that actually made this funny. And let's hope you can hear it. Here we go. Mr. William Lewis, 385 Madison Avenue, New York. Who's calling, please? Mr. Benny. Benny, is that B as in boy? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) One moment, please. It's nice talking to an operator who isn't fresh or anything. I have Mr. Lewis in New York, Mr. Benny. Hello? Hello, Mr. Lewis? Not so fast. What? Deposit $3.75, please. $3.75? That's 15 quarters. I know what it is. Well, start dropping them in, kid. Fifteen quarters. One more, please. Thank you. And Opry, I didn't think you were funny blowing that bugle. That is such a cool idea. And and that was uh, Jeanette Iman, who was the script girl on the show, playing the part of the opera. She was Jeanette Barnes then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, my. So, lots of stuff in terms of creating pictures, and that's what radio really, really was all about. And... Uh, if the show gets off the air, we'll talk about things, interview people, and then illustrate with the shows, which will be kind of fun. So we'll see how that goes. Um, for those who haven't heard Treasure Trove before, Jeff, where do you get the material from besides us and other people? Or Jeff, Jeff is close captioning that remark. So I see. You have to use your imagination, and, but you could make up the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. I was... Um, Multitasking? I am... Um, <laughs> Jeez, you guys are bad. <laughs> so, well, I, you know, we, we, we get a lot of it from, from uh, friends, and we've also purchased, um, you know, quite a bit of it. And we also got a, a donation from Bill Sparks, oh. um, uh, who, who donated a significant portion of the material that we use. But we, we also try to look for as best quality as we can, too, to make sure, you know, that we are airing, um, you know, pretty high-quality stuff as best as we can. And that's a misnomer in a lot of cases yeah. for people. They they ha- they come to the conclusion that because something is old, the sound quality can't be that good. And that's not necessarily true. It really depends on where you get the material. If you get the material from the original discs or the original master tapes, it's as almost as good as digital, which we have in, in a lot in of cases. We've but we've been doing this since 1970. Yeah. So we know all the people because we met them over the course of 50 years in the hobby. So we have access to stuff that maybe the casual collector doesn't have access to because we know the people. So we've we've used discs and copied, uh, transcribed discs, etc., and and tape. And so the the collection's going to be a little bit better sound when it can be because that's what we want. And see a lot of the stuff that's out there on the internet today. Uh, was put up in low bit rates and so the sound quality suffers because of that but if you if people would take the time and a lot of them have to put it up in as good a sound quality as possible you're going to get some nice nice sound yeah Yeah. so it is 
about halfway through here, and we can do some examples, or we can take some questions if anybody has their hands up. So, uh, there are no hands raised okay. at the moment. Okay. I, if anyone has any questions, raise your hand. Yep. We'll call on. This is Darrow. I have a question for all of you. Okay. Are, are you familiar with Bob and Ray, and do you know if any episodes are available? And also, did you know that they did the afternoon drive show on WOR in New York for a number of years in the 70s? In the 70s, in the early 70s, yeah. I'm very familiar with them. I never got a chance to meet them. They're both now gone. Uh, but there are hundreds of episodes with Bob and Ray that are around. Um, many that, the 40s. Many that came from their collection, some that came from AFRS, and even some that were recorded off the air by collectors. And in many and instances, did. that's all we have. Now, the quality might be a little less, but that's all we have. So this is stuff in the late 50s, etc. So Was it Bob who did NPR stuff, too, later on? They both did NPR they stuff. They both did, okay. The, the, the uh, Bob and Ray's program from NPR in the 80s. Mm -hmm. We now have two hands raised. All right. So, Chris Coulter, you may from unmute Washington. and talk. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> what? Oh, I think I... Hello? You're here? Yeah. You're here. Yep. Okay, it said it. leave button after I... Oh. Okay. Well, it wasn't talking about <laughs> no, you. It was talking about no, John. No, no, no. I, I understand. Okay. <laughs> um, now, I, we, I listened to another one of, of the old-time radio um, shows that we... Not shows, but the um, uh, discussions that we had on one of these calls. And am I correct that some of the uh, Treasure Trove... Uh, offerings are actually in stereo as well, or not as well as the others in mono. I think that was uh, what we were yes. told. Um, when, when we are airing some of the more modern things right now, the Left Behind series is in stereo. Um, and uh, yeah, so some of it will be, but for the majority of it, it's in mono. Oh, okay. That's great. As long as it's good quality, that's uh, it's good mm -hmm. that you, get, you have the bit rates up and everything, all the, all the sound quality. Uh, better than I ever heard it uh, before. So <laughs> great, thank you. Thanks, one of the uh, mm -hmm. one of the one of the groups that did a bunch of audio drama well, in, in no. decade was um, CBH Ministries. In fact, they used to have a, a a phone system where you could dial in and hear you know uh, stories. And uh, there was a series that aired for years called Down Gilead Lane. I don't know if anyone heard it. Have you heard no, it? No. Yeah, it's, I have not. It, it's great. It's it's uh, huh. about a hundred and fifty episode uh, series that ran for over twelve years. And the the father who is a as a judge played Nikolai in the Left Behind series. And it didn't. Oh, wow. It, um, I did not connect the dots until near the end of that series when he sort of you know as as that character ends up you know not doing so well. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, sort of reverts into that other character voice, at least a little tiny bit. Uh -huh. And it freaked me out that <laughs> they're using, you know, the same actor to play this really wholesome family oriented guy. And then, you know, this really dark evil character. And it's unbelievable. I mean, just, just, uh, that's just an example of, of the amazing things that people have done with their voice. Um, and I'm sure you guys have plenty of examples of that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want the next uh, raised hand? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Julie Piper, you may unmute and talk. Hi. Hi. Uh, Hello. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up the Down Gilead Lane. Um, those were fantastic. I think I have the entire collection of those, and they are wonderful shows, but that's not what my question was about. Um, actually, I was born in 1964, so I don't remember the days of radio, but I really enjoyed it. Is it? common for certain episodes of a radio show to be copyrighted and not released freely i guess i'm referring specifically to the shadow the shadow was and is copyrighted currently by condé nast and they're very protective of that copyright whenever like when the shadow movie was on a few years ago if anybody did anything with the radio show they got a cease and desist order from Condé Nast. There, you, in fact, when, when I wanted to do a shadow for one of our Spurred Back recreations uh, just a few years ago, maybe seven, 
uh, I contacted Condé Nast to get their permission because I knew they, they owned the copyrights. And I had to sign um, a letter um, that I would destroy all copies, etc., and destroy scripts. In other words, they were pretty meticulous in terms of what I could and could not do. And the fact that we actually weren't making any money off of it actually made it work for us so that we could actually do the broadcast. Um, for the most part, a lot of the programs were originally copyrighted. Many of them were. Uh, all of, Most of them now have fallen out of copyright, but not all of them. It just depends on how they were structured. So you can't assume that they were all uh, in public domain. Many of them are now, but not all of them. So you need to look case by case just to make sure. Well, Radio Spirits, of course, sells a lot of them. Right, and they get the distribution rights to actually play them. They don't own the copyrights, but they own the broadcast rights. Well, for whatever reason, they aren't... The Death of the Shadow is the actual episode that I've been trying to lay my hands on, and they said that they can't get it. I believe is that that's a production that I have, I think. Oh. Uh, it's a BBC production. Maybe it's not BBC. Maybe it was a later production. It might have been. Wait a minute. What? Oh, Death of the Shadow. No, Death of the Shadow. Sorry, I'm thinking of Death of Superman. Yeah, Death, Death of, of the, the Shadow. Sh the Shadow was done in the late 30s. And, and the reason they can't get their hands on it is because it was originally syndicated by Charles Michelson. And that contract ran out. Charles has now passed on. Uh, and so they don't have rights in necess necessarily to all of those episodes. They get a but certain number exist. of episodes. But they, they have do a exist. They have a certain number of episodes that they have a license to uh, distribute. Uh, okay. And after that, then they have to renegotiate, or you just you just see that those are the only shows that generally are out in circulation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So, well, thank you. This has been most enjoyable. Thank oh, you're you, welcome. Thanks. Thank you for your question. We have another raised hand. All right. We'll leave no hand left behind. So. <laughs> Roger, Dennis, you are allowed to unmute and talk. All right. Hi there. Um, I've got a curiosity here, a question more than anything else. There was a show on in the last couple of years, I think it's gone off about two years ago, called Blindy on um, the Saratech was playing. And it was doing all kinds of um, Star Trek, or um, yeah, Star Trek, um, video described Star Trek shows. Then it went away. It seems to me hard to believe that that was legal. It may not be, but I was just kind of curious. I enjoyed them very much while they were on. My guess, and I've heard of the show, but but I don't think I have any. My guess is that was a podcast in the form of a dramatic radio show. I think I know which one you were referring to. I would hope that they would have gotten broadcast rights, but it, I don't know for sure about that. Well, if it was a podcast and you weren't doing it on AM or FM, etc., you really wouldn't need it. Okay. Well, stop, but Star Trek is a pretty popular. No, no, they weren't item. doing Star Trek. They were doing something else. Oh, okay. Well, they did Next Generation. They did Deep Space Nine. They, oh, they did all the uh, all of them, and mm -hmm. they're uh, video described, and they play them on the hour, every hour. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't know for sure about that, but I'd be surprised if if Star if the people who did Star Trek got you know allowed What's them that, to Jeff? realize it. I don't I don't believe that was legal. But I'm not a lawyer. Right. Not but, and you're probably right, though. But, uh, you know, unless you're paying, you know, the right to dis to distribute or air things, um, you know, television studios or, or uh, movie uh, studios generally don't like you doing that. No, they don't. And see, Especially if they're doing something with the property. That's why Star Wars probably will not be uh, broadcast the radio productions for quite a while because Disney is pumping out the movies so well there uh, is a podcast of the original star 13 uh, episode star wars series and i don't know I, I i tried to locate where that actually originated from i don't think it came originally from lucas uh film or you know or um you or know the kusc the you're talking about the, the one 70s? that was done in 81 well the was it 81 or 82 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that came that was done through lucasfilm Right, and it distributed by KUSE. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But is that the same one you're talking about? It is. And you can okay. If you search for Star Wars, you'll you'll whether it's right or wrong, you can find it. The first two Star Wars programs that they did, the first set of thirteen, and then there was another set of ten. No, no, no. It was no thirteen. 13. Yeah, 
But, but there was another third, a third set that was done strictly as a recording and was never aired. And that was the Jedi. Revenge Returns. of the Jedi. That was Revenge N- of the Jedi. That was that was no, that was on NPR, wasn't it? No, the first two uh, were, unless uh, they did it later. But oh, yeah, I know yeah. the first two were for sure. Well, Mark, because we aired them on on KPCC. Well, Mark we, Hamill was not did not star in that. No, in the third one. No, he in the third one. No, he did not. He did not. But I will tell you the the Han Solo and Princess Leia in in that series they were they were incredible and and they, uh, and Sax. Yeah, uh, yep. and Peter Brock was that his name? Uh, who Bro- Brock Peter? Peters? Brock Peters, yes, thank you. Was, uh, he was amazing. He yes, was he was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked those series. I thought that it held up very well. Oh, it, it the, would hold up today, frankly. Absolutely, it would. But the people who played those parts on the radio series did not look at all like the people that a lot of our sighted friends remember seeing in the no. movies. Not at all. No. But it didn't matter because you listened to them for what they did on radio. But the sound imagery was amazing, and, and it really followed the books more than it followed the film. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it, was, um, it was amazing. The, the beginning episode before the actual series started, they did 30 minutes, and they talked to the, the creators of the show and asked those questions, like, how did you create the sound effects of the lightsabers? And how did you do this? And they went into complete detail it was a fascinating 30 minutes so if you haven't heard that you should find it because it's it's readily available so any other hands no there are no more at the moment okay um we talked about sound effects earlier and when i first started in the hobby in in 1970 we heard about this incredible dragnet episode where they did a two-minute bar fight and i mean the the sound effects people there were three of them on that show They grabbed every sound effect you can imagine to simulate a bar fight. And they created one. And it's Joe Friday, who is about ready to take a couple of people down to the station to have a little chat. And the result is this. What do you want? Police officers want to talk to you in Ferrar downtown. What's the matter? I'd like to ask you a few questions. You want to get your hat? You got any questions? You can ask them here. Hey, Vic, how about buying around? Come on, Gia, let's go. I got nothing to tell you now. Let me alone. There's two ways to go downtown, the hard way and the easy way. Let's take the easy way. All right. This way. Okay. Got you! in the sound effects that they wanted to utilize. So, for example, on the air, on the shows, if they, what, what they would do, Joe, uh, Jack Webb, who was Joe Friday, sometimes would have the tape recorders running and they'd open up the windows from atop the studio and record police cars as they went by to get the sirens, for example. So, But it sounded real. When we recreated Dragnet as a part of a Spurdvac convention in 1992, Two. The original sound effects guys, uh, Wayne Kenworthy and Bud Tollefson, were with us, and they agreed to do the sound, and we picked a script, and we literally had to go get a full-size refrigerator and a jail door, uh, some of which we got from NBC. They were really nice about allowing us to borrow stuff like that. So half of the stage 
with sound effects and just a smaller portion of that stage turned out to be the actors and actresses and microphones and so forth and people loved it because they'd never seen anything quite like that usually when you did a recreation of a show with sound effects uh it didn't take up that much room and a lot of it was from recordings but this was all as live as you could get it and it turned out really really very well now when you do recreations much more recently the people who were actually doing sound are a little older and so you're seeing less manual sound effects and more recorded sound effects mm-hmm. but that's the way they go there's aren't there are not too many sound effects people left there are a we, few we had the original turntables too so they played the discs in a lot of cases when they did yeah. the sound effects demonstrations so uh fascinating stuff yep. when you're ready we have another hand raised all right let's go okay uh Carla, you are allowed to unmute and talk. Thank you very much, and I'm really enjoying this so much. I just love, I just love radio theater. I have two questions. The first question is, I really love the Twilight Zone radio theaters. And something strange happened at the beginning of the year, I guess it was. Um, used to be able to go to twilightzoneradio.com, and that website seems to have disappeared. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about purchasing and downloading some of those episodes, and I was just getting my act together about that. What happened there, and do you have any plans of airing that? And then the other question I had was, is there a schedule of what airs when on, um, on Treasure Trove, and where might one find it? Jeff, do you want to answer the treasure trove first? I'll take that one first, yeah. Okay. You can go to um, acbradio.org and then click on treasure trove and the schedule is there. We need to update it. There's changes that we need to get incorporated into it. But other than that, that's where you'll find it. And, and uh, you used to also be able to purchase the Ray Bradbury, uh, the Bradbury 13 series mm-hmm. on that uh, website as well, which, which, by the way, was, again, some of the just best audio drama I've ever heard. You know, ever. Bradbury 13, yeah. yeah. It, w- it was done in 84. And, and Ray Bradbury, in fact, did the little openings to each of the shows. He, he did. I met him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he signed a book for me. Did he? And, uh, and we ended up talking about the radio series for 20 minutes. He was very, he loved to talk. We, uh, we, uh, we had him with us in 92 because we were saluting Norman Corwin and he was there on stage and we chatted for a while but 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 we've also been in things with him where he talks about his love for radio and he was a kid loving radio and going to all the shows this is long before he began writing and he was just infectious um he was terrific he's one of the few people that we met besides ourselves who never learned how to drive and Whenever he needed to drive, somebody took him, but he did not drive, and he said, I just never learned and never really wanted to. The other question about uh, what happened to the Twilight Zone is, I believe, Carl Amari had originally gotten the broadcast rights yeah. for the series. He, he actually I, left Radio Spirits, left that company, and got involved uh, with the picture group, and they got him the rights to do uh, um, that show. Go ahead. I don't remember exactly how many they wound up doing, but I think eventually their oh several uh, the contract just ended, and he actually was doing a few in the last five to ten years, and eventually the contract ended, and yeah, they took the website down, and it's not. I I don't know if you can get. I don't. You might be able to get them somewhere. I don't know. Oh, you can get them, but not not from them, right? But they are around. Collectors do have them. They may not be legally made available. Where can right. you get them? Do you know? Do you know where you can get them? And I would have to. I would have to check and see if they are actually uh, legally. If you can actually get them, yeah. I will find out, uh, Carla, and okay. I can send you an email. I'd appreciate that, and if you can ever air them, boy, that would be that, great. <laughs> that I don't know about. I don't think so because I believe they're still under copyright. Uh, We'd have to group, obtain broadcast so. rights in order right. to do that. But I'll find out if they're available where you can write to somebody. I'll we'll check that out. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We've got about 10 minutes left. Anything else? Anybody else have a uh, hand David up? David has his hand raised. All right. Okay. But, David, you're on the panelists, so you can just unmute. You can, just can you guys talk. hear me? Or talk. Can yes. First of all, Jeff and everybody, I'm really loving this presentation, and I am a couple of things. One, can you tell me the name of that Dragnet episode? I kind of want to watch that now with all the fighting. Oh, that was really cool. That was... <laughs> it, it's a two-part... Hang on, hang on. Show. The big that wasn't gangster. my... What was it called? 
Yeah, it was the big gangster from February of 1950. Right. It was a two-parter, and that little excerpt was part one. Yeah, that wasn't my main question. My main question is, do you guys have, I don't know if you have the broadcast rights to air, the uh, Sherlock Holmes episodes with Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce, because those radio shows were some of my favorite, and I'm a big Sherlock Holmes fan over here, and any of Sherlock Holmes stuff, if you guys are able to air it on the Trove, would would like totally make my day, because I happen to really, that was some of my first introduction to old-time radio was Sherlock Holmes, um, and the Green Hornet, know. and all of that stuff was just amazing to me, and so I don't know if you guys can air any of those things, but if you can find out, if you can, and could air some of that on the Trove, that would be amazing, because I... You would have me totally captivated because I love the Sherlock Holmes and mystery stuff like that, and that's how I got into OTR. Actually, was being introduced to the Basil Rathbone series. So, mm-hmm. I, do, I, I do know that those work and, and still are copyrighted. Oh um, man! But I don't know what the the broadcast rights situation is. Yeah, because Sirius XM airs them. I know that the uh, Radio Classics channel is, so I guess they probably have the broadcast rights to them. Then, well, yeah, they they, they actually bought the broadcast rights. Yeah, so they do have them. So if that's the case, then they probably have exclusive exclusivity. Yeah, I assume the Green Hornet's the same because I didn't mention the Shadow. And the Green Hornet is the same. Oh, yes. Man, all these the best ones are copyrighted. <laughs> well, that's yeah, yeah, of course they are absolutely because because we're, because we're non-commercial. You know, technically we could probably play one every once in a while and nobody would say anything. But yeah, I, but you don't want to do that. Really you don't want to get lashed. No, I agree with that. that. You don't yeah. want to. I just, I just, those are some of my favorites. And um, if there's any Sherlock Holmes stuff, you guys can air BBC or otherwise. I would, I, or even Superman, like The Adventures of Superman. Man, all those are really good too. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan. When we were broadcasting, we still are on the internet and on about 10 different sites. But back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, we were on a, a local NPR station, mm-hmm. KPCC in Pasadena. And Charlie Michelson, who I told talked about earlier, who syndicated The Shadow and a lot of other stuff to Radio Spirits, etc., um, often would call us on the phone and we'd talk about shows because what he wanted was the shows that people remembered the most. And he also wanted to know if we had them. Uh, because obviously, he, why would you put out a show that was not well-remembered and in lousy sound? Yeah. And so we were sort of a buffer, along with other people, not just us, to find the best quality shows and the shows that people remembered. Uh, and, and so that's why, in, for instance, in the Sherlock Holmes case, that's why those things have been snapped up uh, by Radio Spirits because they don't want to put out stuff nobody will buy. So yeah. that's why you see so many of these shows that are very popular already with the distribution rights taken care of. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, a lot of the collectors, including us, helped get shows into the hands of people who would then buy the broadcast rights and put them on the air. So a lot of us have helped people do that because it's the object really is to share what we all have with people and that's how a lot of that yeah. took place well keep up the good work with the trove I, i'm enjoying it very much i'm going to start listening more and you guys this presentation has totally gotten me very excited so keep up the awesome work you guys are doing great stuff i really appreciate it As thank a fan. you david thank you superman is aired on in the third hour on tuesdays on the treasure trust schedule cool so we are there's a lot of that a lot of those around a lot of especially the 15 minute shows Uh, please let me know when you guys have it updated if you could because I would definitely like to check the schedule out and know exactly when things are airing and that would be great well this is Jason yeah sorry Jason here and I before we go I just because I can and because it was fun I I love the sound effects that I was hearing in the show and uh, I have a sound effect one that I can accurately replicate um and I wonder if you'll know exactly what I mean when you hear the following sound. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I another quarter that. going in. Yes, on the Jack Benny, I thought, oh my God, that is great. I I, I love that I can actually do that here because we have an old payphone. So You oh, do? Wow. <laughs> How cool. Not to create your own sound effects. Wow. Yeah. So I mean I mean growing up all I ever heard was those little high pitched tones that, that you know the sure. right. phone made. And so when I learned that old payphones did this, you know, and, and of course because I'm an old phone buff, I, I you know, I ended up with all these old phones and uh, one of them is this payphone and it's got you can make some income now people need to make phone calls they know where to go yeah how much would you charge any needs to come over yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) people had them in their homes back then and there were rumors that some people threw parties and charged people for the use of the phones i don't know we've never verified that but that's what we used to hear (laughs) fun stuff definitely so go ahead Somebody was going to say something, and I cut them off in mid. Uh, 
Oh, this is Don. I just wanted yeah. to say we have about five minutes. Okay. Left. Yeah. So we have hands. If we have hands, then get no, them up. No, we, we don't have any hands. No. Okay. Okay. You know, luckily, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about is on various internet radio stations. Uh, not just us, but we do a lot of it on Yesterday USA uh, and on the, the, the show that we, we air on uh, Treasure Trove, same time, same station, can be heard on several stations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Internet stations. Not, not so much on the air anymore. We did that for a while, but um, it's now pretty it's, much really very difficult to, to get shows actually on public radio stations anymore. But we're still doing enough. And the cool thing about it is I, I would have to travel 45 minutes to go to a station to do a show. Now I'm sitting at home in my bedroom slash office in front of a mixer and in front of a computer with a microphone. And so when I'm done and want to stop, I do, and, and I can get on with whatever I need to at home. So technology is a wonderful thing. Uh, and, and I can find stuff because the, catalog, the collection is cataloged. I can find almost anything if I remember its title. And sometimes that's tough. In about 30 seconds. It doesn't take very long. So when somebody says, hey, do you have so-and-so? I can do a search and find it. We're usually within about 45 seconds or so. And not everything is on the uh, uh, digitally mastered yet. But it's no, I have there. I have an open reel recorder up here and a cassette recorder, and I am constantly putting open reels up and and digitizing them. Uh, and uh, like I'm doing a bunch of information pleases now, and I, I've done tons of stuff over the last five or six years. Lots more to go. Lots more to go. But but uh, I love that fact that I can actually take stuff from open reel and copy it and digitize it and share it. So. We're almost out of time. Maybe we can do this again at some point. Um, but we thank you so much for letting us come, Jason, and, uh, and, and, and enjoy ourselves by playing some of these shows and taking some of the listener comments as well. Absolutely. It's great having you with us, and we will definitely have to do it again sometime. And I know that uh, David will have to run off to another program, so it might be nice to give him a little time. But oh, uh, he's just he's just it's playtime for him. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all for being with us. Uh, this is this has been just fun and educational, and uh, I've very much enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you all.